Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Marcello, sitting across from Michael Nice. Look, this is the Auburn Undercover Podcast, Peach Bowl Edition, presented by WeHaveDonuts.com. Visit WeHaveDonuts.com for delicious donuts delivered to your door in the Birmingham area and also to Prevail Union Coffee Shops. Again, that's Prevail Union Coffee Shops in Montgomery and Auburn. Check out WeHaveDonuts, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com for much more information on this uh, gourmet donut shop here in the state of Alabama. I say here, but we're actually in Georgia right now, in Atlanta. It's a Friday afternoon when we record this, so by the time you listen to this, if you are listening, it is the holiday week. Um, everything will be old news. But we spoke to uh, defense coordinator Kevin Steele, five defensive players today. Uh, earlier this week, we got to see 15 minutes of practice. We talked to Gus Malzahn earlier this week. And, of course, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl against UCF kicks off on New Year's Day, which is Monday at 11.30 a.m. Central Time. So wake up early. Still tickets available, uh, Mike. We would recommend that everybody go on the secondary market like the StubHub.com and, and if you're really look for tickets. a gambler and are comfortable not coming coming down here without tickets, you could probably score some deals. Uh, yeah. And walking up to the stadium, I would imagine. I don't think you'll have a problem finding tickets for this game. Auburn still has not sold out its allotment, which was how many tickets? 12500 So they haven't even sold that out, and they're selling those for 150 bucks a pop, and they're the only ones available are on the third level, very upper deck. So if you are still looking for tickets, don't worry about it. Just keep checking those secondary market websites and see the prices fall. The prices are falling uh, as we speak. You probably get some good deals. Looking right now, you can get a pair of uh, tickets in the lower uh, in the upper bowl for seventy four on Vivid, um, seventy five to ninety. Some of the cheaper tickets. Uh, so deals to be had, and I would imagine in the next forty eight hours, uh, those could go down further. Yeah, I would think so if those do not sell. Uh, all right, so the, I think the big news, the, the, the biggest mystery heading into this game, everybody wants to talk about the trash talk by UCF or whatever. I think we've hit that on that uh, continuously for the last week or so. But Auburn could be without a uh, All-American cornerback uh, in this game, and that's not great news considering uh, UCF uh, likes to throw the ball a lot, Mike. Uh, Carlton Davis um, – has missed the last two practices on Thursday and Friday uh, to what Auburn is terming as an illness. He was not at practice at all Thursday. Friday's was closed, but a source told me he was not there then either. Um, And the interesting thing with him is, is that dating back to the SEC championship game, he did not play in the second half at all. He later tweeted that night that he was out because of a concussion. He suffered the week prior in the Iron Bowl, and yet he's played in the first half of the SEC championship game a week later. That makes no sense to me uh, as far as concussion protocol and uh, the procedures they follow. Having said that, uh, all this seems very weird, Mike, and it's appearing more and more likely as the days go by that Carlton Davis is not going to play in this Peach Bowl, and that could be a big, big development. These... This practice probably was going to be the one that they do the most in since it's closed and it was kind of, uh, you know, not going to be a walkthrough. And missing this one, and Kevin Steele likes his players to practice. I think you have to add the quote that you had in your article on the site uh, about this from Stephen Roberts. (laughs) 
you you asked him or was it somebody else? It doesn't matter. But somebody asked him about Carl Davis, and he said, I think that's a question for the head coach. I don't know about that one. What a strange answer if somebody has a tummy ache. Wouldn't he just say, not feeling well, we're hoping he plays? Wouldn't that be sort of the, I don't know, human response, obvious response? Human it, response. Well, I just think about it. If you, if you had yeah. a person you knew was sick, how is he doing? He's not feeling very good. Hope he gets better. Yeah. Then again, I mean, the staff is so secretive stuff. Maybe they told him, don't say anything, even though he's sick. But it sounds having, strange. As my, as the, the that's what you're, you're alluding to. It's strange. And I think that quote is just sort of uh, uh, yeah. weird. And, and it wasn't just him that was kind of saying things like that. Uh, Trey Matthews wouldn't really talk about it and didn't want to talk about it. Uh, one nobody way, talked to him at the locker room after the SEC championship came out of there. Yes, that's right. So there you go. Um, so if Auburn is without him, that's that's a big blow. Uh, you know, Trey Matthews and Stephen Roberts said, hey, Jamel Dean or Javarius Davis could come in there. But, uh, I mean, listen, uh, he's Carlton Davis is an All-American, and you're going against the most prolific passing offense you have faced since probably the Sugar Bowl last year against Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield, right now, of course, the Heisman Trophy winner this season, number one in passer rating and completion percentage in the country. And you know who's number two? UCF quarterback Mackenzie Milton in both of those categories. So uh, Auburn needs all the help he can get in the secondary and depth was already an issue kind of at the safety spots. Cornerback, not so much, but you would love to have all your best players out there, and that's something to watch. If we hear, if we go out to practice Saturday morning by the time you listen to this and he's and Carlton Davis is not out there, I just don't see how there's any way he plays. And, of course, Sunday, the day before the game, Gus Malzahn will finally speak again, and he says he'll give us an update at that point about Carlton Davis or any other injuries. I don't know what he would actually say. But uh, at this point, it's not looking likely that he's going to be available. And uh, one one source told me that uh, I, I straight up asked them, I go, sounds like he's not going to play. And they said, sounds like it. So um, we'll, we'll see. Things can change, obviously, but they doesn't look good. Carlton Davis, of course, is also a player who's looking at leaving early for the NFL. So Right. And if you're sick, I mean, this would be a week. I mean, he'd be pretty sick to have missed practice on Wednesday and not play on Monday and know that, you know. And what's interesting is that they said he practiced Tuesday. Now, that was a closed practice. Right. So we're not necessarily certain that happened. We didn't see it with our own eyes. Um, and to be quite honest, man, I need to talk to my one of my sources. And, and did he travel? I mean, do, are you sure? They say he's here. They say he's Gus here. Gus says he's here. I haven't seen a picture of him anywhere. Of course, right, we're closed right. off from those guys. Because he wasn't at practice at all. Um, that you walked in on. on uh, no, he wasn't there at all. Not standing on the sideline, nothing. Um, so we'll see. Uh, that's huge. Of course, the other, uh, and, and just strange how they're handling it. And I'm sure we'll get, maybe we'll get some type of clarification later in the week. But I, I'm just, if I had to go with my gut, and I'd say he's not going to play in this game uh, as of right now. Also, Carryon Johnson, Auburn star running back, 1,320 yards this season, 17 rushing touchdowns. We all know what he looks like when he's even at 90% health. Uh, We know what he looks like when he's less than that. And we saw that um, against Georgia in the SEC championship game. He rushed for uh, a season low of 44 yards, uh, dealing with that right shoulder and a rib injury. Uh, 
he says, I mean, the coaches say, and he says that he's going to play in this game and also that he's going to be healthy. Gus Malzahn wouldn't go as far to say that he's going to be 100%, but as close to 100% as they can get him. Um, you know, I think with him, maybe we'll get to talk to him Saturday. We haven't gotten a, a, a release yet of the offensive players we're going to speak to, but it would be great if we talked to him. But, you know, I, 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 it'd be interesting if he does. But uh, if carry-on is near 100%, Auburn's in good shape, and based off someone I talked to, and I put this in three things I think, three things I know uh, at AuburnUndercover.com this week, uh, he's looking good in practice is what I've been told. So that's a very good sign for Auburn. So as I said before the SEC championship game, we're wondering if he was going to play. He's the heart and soul of that offense. Yeah, and just I think that gives them a lot of more confidence in the game plan too. Uh, Auburn does not do well when they're sort of left to scramble uh, with their without their guy, uh, especially the last two seasons. Um, so I think that's just big, big for Chip Lindsay, big for Gus Mal- Malzahn. They'll be more confident uh, in what they're what they're doing going into the game. Yeah, huge. I mean, it opens things up uh, dramatically for them, especially if he can run the ball effectively. And listen, Auburn should be able to do a lot on offense against this UCF defense. They're not very good. Um, and, uh, you know, Auburn's offensive and defensive line should own both lines of scrimmage. And Carrion Johnson should be able to find a hole. Now, <clears throat> my question is, if Carrion is not, like, near 100%, let's say he's, like, almost, like, SEC championship range, do you start him? I think you start him and then you see if he's healthier or he can give you more. And if he can't, I think you have to have a quick hook. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's an interesting question, but, uh, you know, in situation, but I'm told that he's looking good in practice right now. Now, of course, they're not hitting him. Now, he was right. not wearing a non contact jersey in practice Thursday. Uh, I, I very much believe that that could be some gamesmanship. <laughs> you well, know, they don't hit much anyway. Right, and they're not going to bring the running back to the ground anyway during practice. But I thought it was interesting that he was not in the jersey, uh, the orange non-contact jersey. Though I will say this: another a walk-on player, not Trayvon Leonard, but a walk-on player, was wearing an orange twenty-one jersey, and uh, we were being told that he was going to uh, play the role of a UCF, their best cornerback or defensive back. But something tells me he could have easily take switch jerseys with carry on Johnson once we walked out and carry on put the orange jersey on maybe I'll, because I say that to say this Gus Malzahn at oh, every gosh. open bowl practice I have been to since he's been at Auburn he's done something strange not necessarily with uniforms or injuries but he's run a weird formation before we walk out of there or he's done some different personnel just so oh. just because he knows we'll write about it and he wants to give uh, the opponent something to think about but uh uh, anyway, but anyway, I, I'm being told that Carryon Johnson is as good as he's been, or as good as he can be heading into this game, and he's he's healthier than he was in the SEC championship game, which by all means is very good news because Auburn's going to need him if this game goes into uh, you know a shootout. Um, my big question also for this offense is, you know, can Jarrett Stidham bounce back? He's had really three bad games this season: uh, Clemson. LSU in the second half particularly, and the Georgia game in the SEC championship. He fumbled in the red zone. 
against Georgia. That could have easily been a 14 nothing game. Instead, he fumbles. Georgia goes downfield, ties it up, and, and and it's like not ball game at that point. But Georgia goes on to score twenty eight straight points. But uh, with Stidham, you know, I'm getting criticized for this. But what was it? The last two or three games, he has fumbled the ball inside or just outside the red zone, hadn't he? For no sort of reason, there's no yeah. Just dropped the snap. now. Now the one against Georgia, he was hit. Um, and he says he should have tucked the ball earlier, which he should have. But it, you, you don't win games when you turn a ball over the red zone. It's simple. That was Auburn's problem back in 2016 was turnovers Wasn't in the red Louisiana zone. Wasn't it Louisiana Monroe in Alabama? He dropped the snap in back-to-back games. I believe so, and yeah. And then he fumbled. And then he fumbled in the SEC uh, championship yeah. game. Uh, so here we are again, uh, big-time stadium, big-time game. Um, can he keep the ball in Auburn's hands? Uh, that is a big question for me um, about just – if I'm Chip Lindsey, I'll say this. I am not putting him under center as they have done a few times this year in mm-hmm. the red zone. Keep him in the shotgun. Just think he's more comfortable there? Yeah. I don't think he's comfortable at all, comfortable at all uh, under center. You know, in your bad performances, you negated the Georgia Southern 14 of 24 – and an interception. Well, that was a season opener. Wasn't very good. Season opener. He, he was warming up. Yeah. He was oh. good against Mercer. Mm-hmm. Auburn fans. Well, actually, like actually, you know what? That Mercer game, he, it wasn't a lot of yards per attempt, right? No, it was, it was nine, 9.8. He had 364 that day. So oh, okay. That was, that was his career high. I think. What a but, day. Yeah, what a day against Mercer. Mercer. Was that the five five turnover game? Yeah. Yeah, he had to throw in that game because uh, of all those turnovers. Yeah. Um, Speaking of weird games, don't you get the feeling this game just has a weird vibe, this Peach Bowl? You've only been here, what, uh, a day. Yeah. But this week has been so quiet. There's barely any media here. We're sitting in a large room right now. (laughs) Very little buzz. And it's completely empty. Now, this room isn't used for people to work in, but it could be if it was big enough. The other workroom downstairs is the f- most full it's been all week. Uh, the The first two days here, there was maybe five, six people, and only one of them was not an Auburn beat writer. <laughs> and then by the end of the day, at about uh, three or four o'clock, there would be about three of us down there. Everybody else would be driving back to Auburn. We're staying here in Atlanta to cover all the, the goings-on. And uh, I got the race in a go kart. Does Nebraska have uh, beat riders here? I've yet to see one. I would think that maybe game day or for the press conference. Maybe they bring the, him down for on the, the uh, Sunday and on Monday. Sunday, because that's part. I think that adds to it too that their whole staff is another. Co- you know, it's like they're in a transition. They don't even have the real coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, Auburn has their coaching staff, but you know they're weird to begin with that they don't sort of indulge in anything exciting or fun. <laughs> Um, no, but I'm being serious. Like they're not, they're not going to give the, they're not going to bring hype to this matchup at all. I mean, they're just let's get hype. You know, Kevin Steele's talking about externally. You know, it's just like it sounds like a robot. <laughs> it sounded like a robot today, and just sort of uh, Chip Lindsay tomorrow. I mean, he's not going to create excitement. Well, Kevin Steele is a man of steel. That's right. So, um, yeah, it's weird. UCF is doing their best, but Auburn's not taking the bait. 
No, Auburn. I, I've been I've been told that they're kind of just they think they're. Uh, I guess maybe without them saying it, they're just kind of looking at them like, really, you guys are going to tell us that we're not fast enough. You, yeah. Are you are you really going to say that before this game? Now, is it motivating them? I don't know. I think they probably think it's more or less like just insulting. Like, why would you think that of us? You know. Um, you know, this there's no South Carolina Michigan pushing and shoving matches going on. That'd have been fun. Uh <laughs> not well then yet. the fan you know, look, the fan interest is just isn't there. Yeah, either. I've I've seen one Auburn fan here so far, and it's just now Friday night. Actually Auburn fans will probably be be arriving today after work for the weekend to spend the weekend here and New Year's Day, the, those who are here. Now I did see an Auburn fan Thursday outside the actual actually the UCF team hotel and, and why the, this is one of the reasons why I say this is a weird vibe around uh, uh, around it. Um, uh, he asked me, "We should win this game, right?" And that seems to kind of be the uh, attitude of all Auburn fans: like right. we we should beat UCF, right? Handily. And that's the thing. This game is set up as such. It's like a no win situation for Auburn. You beat them, you're supposed to beat them. If you lose to them. Oh my goodness! What's what's happening? The, is the program in tailspin going into the 2018 season when you have to open the season here again against Washington, a uh, a, a title contender themselves in the Pac-12? Um, it's really a no-win situation, but I see it still as a win-lose situation because if we were talking about this earlier, if Auburn wins, they're probably going to be in the top five at the end of the season. If they lose, they'll be outside the top ten. That's quite a disparity, especially when there's usually a log jam in the top five after the end of the season going into the bowl year uh, because those top five teams with the playoff now usually stay the same. But if Alabama and or Georgia lose and Auburn wins, Auburn might be in the top four and above one of those teams uh, at the end of the season. Uh, whereas if they lose, of course, they, they would fall below UC, UCF. And UCF's number 12 right now. Auburn would probably fall somewhere just near the 15 at range. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't be – that wouldn't set well with fans, number one. Number two, it wouldn't put Auburn in position to be like a top five team going into the preseason next year. If they win this game, I think they could be a top five preseason team, depending on who comes back. Like if on Johnson – uh, leaves and Jeff Holland leaves and Carlton Davis top 10 but carry on Johnson comes back and they win this game top five so I think that this is a win-lose game and, and I find it strange that maybe some Auburn fans are seeing it as lose-lose when in fact if you actually look at it look beyond the brand name stuff there really is a lot at stake here for the for the sake of the program well and Kevin Seal listed off a litany of sort of uh, accomplishments this way, 11th uh, the 11th win would mean and how no program in his school history has beat three I think undefeated teams or something in the same season but Deshaun Davis Deshaun Davis had an interesting comment uh, he referenced uh, that he's been through wins and losses um, and last year was kind of an exception the time prior to that that they lost which was the Outback Bowl he said that the offseason was terrible uh, that the practices did not start out very good, and that they had to work that off at the beginning of the year, which was 2015, which the team was not very good at the beginning of the year. Uh, and so it shows you that, well, uh, the carryover might not be 
you know, if they win this game, they're not necessarily national champions next year. If they lose, they're not right. rough for disaster. Yeah. But they can be tone setters and guys on the fringe that sort of, you know, need a little extra motivation or sort of need that push. If they lose, maybe they don't work as hard for a couple months. But a win gets them, like you said, that top five ranking. They work a little harder. Um, you know, leadership will help avoid that. But it was interesting that Deshaun sort of acknowledged the fact that, look, a loss can have a lingering effect. Yeah. And that loss was not very good. You covered that game. The Outback uh, Bowl. Yeah, yeah. It was like it. It was. Uh, it was a strange game. Yeah. Uh, Auburn probably should have won it. They were going, going against like a walk-on or backup quarterback for Wisconsin. Barry Alvarez was the interim coach. Was that, was that the year Bre- uh, yeah. he left and then he stepped, came back, and, and was the hero? Auburn just couldn't like get in a rhythm really, but they put up a lot of yards. And then it went to, over, it went to overtime, like that, yeah. and Auburn clanked a field goal oh, off and the Dale post Carson. in overtime. Um, but so interesting because that was a game that they probably should have won. This is a game that they probably should have won. <laughs> you probably should win, and you lose that. Uh, you know, look if you go into a if they were to, if they were facing Ohio State and they lost a hard fought game, you probably say okay. And it would look be it be looked at more positively in a oh yeah absolutely by the, the by the national 100%. media and the coaches and I think in the locker room too because you're going against a story you know it just it makes optics matter to kids <laughs> it just and, does. And, it ma- and it matters to the national media and prognosticators going yeah. into the off season and UCF and does that not have that does not have that cachet this could you know yeah. it just it's just something that you don't want to have happen especially they're coming back here again you lose two in a row here. You're going to just deal with that all. The whole offseason season be about can they actually win a game? And I said they should have brought cigars. Bring cigars. <laughs> I've, smoke I've got them on cigars in my room. Smoke them on Mercedes Benz Field. <laughs> on the turf. It catches fire, the synthetic material. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, but it, it, I will say this. You know, going into the last season's game, it was a New Year's Six game, right? And there wasn't really the talk of this could propel us going forward because they were going to have a new quarterback. They already knew that. Right. Know they it was going to be a different it. team. Sean White got injured very early in that game. But that obviously didn't do anything with the pregame. But going into the game, Rhett they, Lashley they knew. Lashley was packing his bags. Rhett Lashley was on his – well, he was on his way out. Yeah. Uh, there was some writing on the wall there. Uh, there the quarterback was going to be different. Um, Auburn was already banged up at the running back spot. They didn't have a lot of and confidence Oklahoma was going a really into the game. Good team. Yeah, and Oklahoma was really good. They didn't have a lot of confidence going into the game. And Auburn, you know, they went down and scored immediately. It was a good game plan. And but Sean White broke his arm and they had on that. Built an excuse that <laughs> look, you lost your quarterback on yeah, the first drive. Your quarterback broke his arm. Yeah. What can you do about that? And Cameron Petway is still dealing with injuries, obviously. Um, but anyway. There was, but there wasn't talk going in that game about this could no. really be a trendsetter going into the next season. It was pretty much like, can we survive injury wise? Because they were going to hit the reset button, but that's not the case this year. This year, this is as healthy as they've been. Um, There's going to be no coaching changes. No coaching know. changes. Yeah. Um, this is when they should win. They're set up to win this game, and they need to win it. Gus Malzahn needs to win it. Because this bowl history is not very good so far. No, one win, and it was in the Birmingham Bowl, also against an AAC team, Memphis, um, back, uh, goodness, two years ago now. Um, the, the same day Kevin Steele was hired as a defensive coordinator. But uh, that was actually the bigger news that day. Um, but 
and you know what? Turns out it was the biggest news because Auburn had top 10 defenses each of the next two years as a result of Kevin Steele coming on board. You know, I, I want to talk about this briefly because this game's being played right now. I don't even know what the score is, but I know what the score was in the first half. Do you remember when Kevin Steele was hired at Auburn? John Chavis was hired at Texas A&M around that time, I think. I might be wrong there. Um, or the year before that, right? Um, at the time, people would say that the changes in defensive coordinators at that time, A&M won out, mm. that they got Chavis. Yeah. And Steele hadn't really done anything. Chavis did not work out at A&M. They, they, they gave up 38 points. I think 31 of them were offense in the first half against Wake Forest in their bowl game. Um, Chavis is on his way out. He's apparently going to Arkansas based off what I was hearing from friends up there uh, while I was up there for Christmas break. Uh, um, Chad Moore says they're getting the best defensive coordinator in the country. Um, but I, I would say that Kevin Steele has certainly won that battle. And those two guys are really close friends, you know, John Chavis and – Kevin Steele, Kevin Steele calls him Bear or good friends. And if Steele somehow got that Tennessee head coaching job, guarantee you John Chavis would have been his defensive coordinator. Guarantee you. But uh, right now, Steele's a better defensive coordinator, wouldn't you say? And, well, isn't that Steele's funny how things change? Best defensive coordinators in the country right now. Yeah. I mean, there's there's not room to argue with what he t- turned around. Um, pretty dire. <laughs> statistically at least uh what he took over uh to what they are now um i know he credits too must jam for helping kind of bring some of the talent in and start sure that. and definitely in the secondary and, yeah definitely in the secondary um but i think Steele gets the bulk of that credit um and, he, and he's made you know what's interesting he's made some very good coaching hires i mean rodney garner stay, stays over but travis williams has sort of been the diamond in the rough and uh greg brown's done really well this year and people kind of were worried about him a little bit yeah just about how he'd fit in um everything's sort of hitting on all still i mean he brought in uh west mcgriff and he worked out uh for the season he was here um uh, he he's sort of had a magical touch i mean I, I don't know that you could point to a decision that hasn't worked out you know he's been great from the standpoint that you know, a lot of people, when his name was coming up with the Tennessee head coaching job, they go back to what he did at Baylor where he won, what, one conference game? It wasn't good. It wasn't great. Now, but here at Auburn, he's provided the chance and opportunity to kind of just be the head coach of the defense. Yeah. Because Gus doesn't mess with it at all. No. Most head coaches go around, and he does, Gus does, but he's not telling Kevin Steele what to do. Kevin Steele is the head coach of that defense. They, he will go days without seeing Gus Malzahn outside of a meeting room. Yeah, I mean, he's not coming to the defensive meeting room and go, hey, uh, what you need to do this and that. Kevin Steele, in a sense, is coaching, is the head coach, half head coach of a football well, team right it, now. But I think that's why fans were holding their breath because there are very few opportunities, I think, that Steele would have sort of been open to and kind of pursued, and t- Tennessee just happened to be one of them. And it's his alma mater. It's his alma, that's why. So they were sort of like, oh, boy, you know, if it was some weird team that just didn't have kind of the situation or stability. I mean, Tennessee was in a great situation, but it had sort of that other stuff that yeah. you kind of say, oh, man. Uh, so, you know, the fact that they got through that, I think, uh, I've been saying all along, that's the biggest offseason, you know, move for Auburn that they didn't leave. Yeah, I, I, it's amazing. Two years ago, I, w- I was kind of like, yeah, this is like maybe a B-plus hire. 
uh, looking back now, I'd say it's A-plus because not only has he turned things around, but, um, you know, you hear about players liking their coaches, and they love him. I mean, they love him. And all the seniors today, and they've been saying it for the last month, like how much they're going to miss them and all this stuff. Yeah. And when the seniors are saying things like that, that, that trip filters down to the other guys. They're going to have good leadership moving forward as it is now. Anyway, we are talking about this earlier today. I can't wait to speak to Deshaun Davis more next season when he's a senior and Especially is looked he, at he, you know, as he, a leader. He mentioned possibly being a captain, and that would be an honor. And if he's the captain, we'd probably talk more to him. I hope he gets it. I hope so, too. Deshaun's a lot of fun to talk to. And he would definitely be the face of the defense next season if Jeff Holland doesn't come back. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Um, and Jeff's, but Jeff's more of a reluctant guy. Right. To, with, the, with the exception of the Sensei Mud stuff. Uh, outside of that, he's sort of a more quiet, uh, thoughtful soul, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but we might be seeing the last of Sensei Mud in an Auburn uniform uh, on Monday as well. So. It'll be interesting. Um, all right, so Saturday morning we get to talk to the Auburn offense. We get to go to practice. What are maybe a couple of topics you're looking forward to maybe discussing or asking offensive players uh, for Auburn uh, on Saturday? Well, it depends who we're getting. Uh, let's just say you get Jared Stidham, number one. <sighs> nothing. You have nothing to ask Jared Stidham, the quarterback. <laughs> Do you have anything interesting to say after so three months? He's so pretty, though. He's just a cor- he's just, he's just too uh, dreamy. I no, it's I don't want to say calculated in a negative sense, but um, he's just ha- he hasn't. Have, can you point to a quote of his this season? I can think memorable? of one. I can think of one that was said as he walked on the field at Clemson, but wasn't supposed to be to a reporter. I don't even remember what that was. Oh, I do. Remember him saying it was his house. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But okay, so but okay, outside of screaming. But that, that field, wasn't him that's talking about cheating. All right, we got our five guys. You want you want to take a oh, shot? Did we, did we, we really? just got it? Okay, it's six, six players. It's six. Man, Gus is feeling uh, no, generous. Is, you'll you'll see. You'll understand when. You oh, see don't Gus do this to me. Okay, I have to look now. No, you can, it's it's actually not bad. It's good. It's good. <laughs> It's not bad. It's good. Oh, no, it's bad. No, but, you know, it's good. Okay, all right. Wait, hold on. Did they send an email? Yes, they did. Let's look here. You guys are doing this live with us via tape delay. All right. Of course, Chip Lindsay. Oh, no. Daniel Carlson, of course, whose last kick was blocked. Ryan Davis, receiver. Good. Austin Golson, last game at Auburn. Um... Uh, one of the stalwarts there. Carry on Johnson. Mm-hmm. Boom. I told you he'd talk. Uh, Braden Smith, expected, and Jarrett Stidham. I'm talking to Carry on tomorrow. I, 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 I've got diffs. <laughs> I got Daniel Carlson. <laughs> they misspelled Chip Lindsay's name. How dare they? How dare they? Is UCF working with the Peach Bowl? To dis Auburn, they spell Chip Lindsay with an A instead of an E. How dare they? So the year starts and ends with Braden Smith at the podium. That's true. How about that? Nice bookend to the uh, to the year for Auburn. That's a pretty good lineup. I mean, yeah, it's not. It, it could have been. Uh, I told. Uh, I, I just knew Carry On would talk because he's the type of guy who goes, "Hey, I want to talk." 
Yeah, no, carry on. I don't think Gus is going to. Do you think there'll be empty tables if carry on is like with and it's like carry on in here with Braden Austin and like Ryan Davis for a little bit? Yeah, there'll be some people around them. Yeah. If I was carry on, you know what I do Saturday? I walk in here with a sling on. (laughs) (laughs) Just mess with people. Why don't players mess with people anymore? Like have fun. Like do that stuff. They never have fun. Come in with a sling. Do it. Do it. Carry on. Funny. Have him stretchered in. <laughs> Guys, I'm okay. It gives a too, thumbs up. Taking it question. too far. Yeah. Um, well, that's an okay lineup. That's a good lineup. Um, so we'll have full coverage of that. That starts, by the way, at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, 7.30 Central Auburn time in the morning on a Saturday. I don't know how many more how many people will be paying attention to that live as we uh, give, provide live updates. I did not know. But we will be there doing that um okay basketball plays saturday gets cornell yes they should beat the, the crap out of them that's right that's a rumor see i sound like one of those auburn fans outside the hotel they should beat the crap out of them right i did check the game notes to see if they snuck in the missing players but yeah. they're not also wiley not, will start they're not expected they're still not uh part of the expected players in the ncaa's hands now from what we gather according to philip marshall Coronar Philip Marshall. Uh that that's a game that Auburn should win by thirty. They should win. It's at home too. So. Um Maybe that's a good. that's gonna be a tough draw. What do you um, mean tough draw? Like crowd? Yeah, crowd wise. Oh yeah, certainly, because yeah. pretty much everybody that's gonna be there is probably gonna want to, or maybe they'll drive from there to here. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know, but uh families have decisions to make, probably. And I, I would think they would choose fo- one more football game over Cornell. <laughs> no offense, Cornell. You're a great you university. In, You're just not a great basketball You just program. insulted all our Cornell listeners. Well, listen. Um, we probably don't have a Cornell listener. Anything uh, else? Any Anything happening? Pop culture? So I made it through uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead. You finished the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. But did you know that the showrunner left... Going into this, or start, they started shooting the season two finale, and he left over creative differences, and they redid the whole thing. Oh, I didn't and that's know that. why I was disjointed and and ignored the rest of the season. I don't even remember what happened in the season two finale. Spoilers. 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 Isn't that where they went back in time? Yeah. So originally he was gonna uh, have a run in with himself, uh, and that oh, never happened. And they were awesome. supposed to leave the cabin earlier because if you. Uh, it was very redundant to the first season finale, yeah. and so it wasn't supposed to be like that. And the girl, I forget her name, was supposed to end up as Ash's daughter because he leave, they leave and he meets his the mom in a bar. <laughs> and then uh, and then the book, the picture of him in the book with the chainsaw gets rewritten, and it's him next to his daughter. And ah. then, so then she learns right. uh, that she's the daughter, and then that's kind of like the cliffhanger. Um it sounded much more interesting than it what did. they did, um, but I guess the one of the producers owns a piece of it, and he's like the day to day guy, and he objected to it, and so they parted ways. Wow! You and now that? they're giving him a daughter in the third season, but it's not a her. different. It's a different character. So yeah, it's supposed to be like in high school. A lot of this is in the high school. Setting. Yeah, so uh, that could be interesting. Thought that was interesting. Apparently, it might be the last season too. 
Not surprising. It's a, it can't sustain too much, I don't think. I don't know. They were hoping to go four or five seasons, hmm. but now that that's happening. I was wondering, because this season was delayed, because uh, usually it comes out in October, mm-hmm. which is great, right around Halloween, and it they're waiting till February this year. Pushed it back, so I was wondering, was there some cr- creative reasons? I had no idea about that near the end of the season. Um. But, uh, yeah, I saw an interview with Bruce Campbell recently after they filmed season three, and he was pretty much saying, yeah, this, this could be it. That could be it. It's probably all done. That's too bad. really like that show. <laughs> you want to discuss your favorites scene? No. Season no. Just be careful in the second season. Don't be eating when you're watching the oh. second or third episode. Man, it's nasty. It's very nasty. Okay, well, that's going to – well, hold on. We're supposed to do listener questions, but we didn't really get any. <laughs> so there we go. We, we got them. some inside jokes as questions. Not helpful. That no one will understand. Not helpful. Um, Charles Goldberg, former Auburn beat writer, asked – because I tweeted out the questions uh, on Twitter asking for questions with Miss Cleo. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Will you answer the questions in Miss Cleo's Jamaican accent? Ratings would go way up." Uh, I will not. Um, and then here's a legitimate question, and uh, I can have a quick answer for that. Um, do you think Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry? Do you think Joey Gatewood will step in as the number two quarterback next year? No. If Jared Stidham stays, it's Jared Stidham and Malik Willis. But if Jared Stidham leaves, he could be the number two he quarterback. He could be. It's very possible. But I don't think Jared Stidham's leaving. So that's going to do it for the Auburn Underground That was the podcast. question. That was that was, that's the only question we got. I'm telling you. I mean, it's a Friday afternoon, sure. I mean, and it's holiday week. I just I, I don't think a lot of people have a lot of enthusiasm right now. Do you think <laughs> people have any enthusiasm right now? They, I don't know. I don't know. Just act like UCF is Notre Dame. Or don't. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Go to AuburnUndercover.com for full coverage. Some interesting things tomorrow will happen because Carrie Ann Johnson and we have practice availability. So uh, maybe that'll get some people excited. Yeah. Maybe. Sure. Maybe. Maybe. What, maybe Carrie Ann will sit down here and go, Hey, uh, I'm 98% healthy, and I'm also coming back next season. That'd be or maybe huge. he's, uh, I'm 2% healthy, and I'm not coming back next season. Or what if he says, I'm 2% healthy, and I'm coming back next season? Would you rather him be 2% healthy, not coming back, or 98% healthy, and I'm not coming back, Auburn fans? Which would you choose? I don't know. That should be a poll question. Because we we, we got to think of something to get people interested. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Auburn Undercover Podcast presented by WeHaveDonuts.com. Visit us at Auburn.247sports.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.